three, two, one. You see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> I was gonna go with yeah. that's nice. just like your opinion, man. But I feel like that's a that's a more uh, poignant quote from the Big Lebowski. Uh, yeah. I'm Adam from Your Movie Sex. Uh, this is Sardonicast. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, it's funny. Uh, I'm Ralph. YouTube.com slash Ralph the Movie. <laughs> I'm Alex Maichi, and why is the intro always so difficult, you know? Trying to get all the, everyone here at the right time. I I just think it's amazing that we've been going on for years, and it's always consistently <laughs> awkward. I love it. <laughs> yeah, what is it? What is I it? think that's that's what makes it special. Yeah. I saw. I think I saw that comment somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I did steal that from the comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Called out. Uh, yeah, that was a... Uh, a TV, a television edit for the Big Lebowski. So instead of fuck a stranger in the ass, it was find a stranger in the <laughs> Alps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. It's like the Sam Jackson thing. Oh, yeah. It's like um, snakes, snakes on a plane. They like yeah. change that. Monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. The plane, yeah. That's, that's hilarious. It's like even funnier than the, yeah. the normal. Classic quote. Yeah, there's good hot fuzz ones as well. Cut of it. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> I saw another YouTube comment on the last video that said that I forgot to talk about uh, American Psycho 2. I don't know if either of you have oh, I'm seen glad that. you're bringing this up. Yeah. No, no. I was going to bring it up later in the questions, so I'm, I'm, okay. glad. I'm glad you're bringing it up. Ralph, have you yeah. seen it? Yeah. Did you see it recently? <laughs> no, no, I didn't like watch it right before this. Okay. I watched it just after watching uh, the, uh, the American... American Psycho, there's no the at the beginning. Um, and it was, I remember watching it as a kid and being so confused, like, I don't know, 15 or something, just like barely remembering any of the movie. And then this time I watched it, it's like, oh yeah, the reason why I barely remembered anything is because it was so fucking boring. It was just the most boring, <laughs> yeah. annoying, nonsense movie. And I'm not going to talk too long about it. I just wanted to... Mention it since we forgot. When did it come time. out? Like, what is the story behind it? It came like, out 2002 in yeah. June. It was two years yeah, after so. the original. Uh, uh, and the story behind it is that some dickweed was making a completely different movie. And then I think Lionsgate was like, let's just call it American Psycho. So they shot like two extra lines, like uh, a couple extra scenes uh, that okay. <laughs> that made it connect to the original. Oh, man. Where Basically, the way they connected to the original is uh, Mila Kunis, uh, her her younger version of of her character is being babysat by someone, either by Patrick Bateman or someone that Patrick Bateman kills. And they don't show his face. And it's clearly not like a super fit guy like Christian Bale was. It's just like a normal looking dude. And uh, then she killed. Sorry, Christian American Psycho. Patrick Bateman kills the babysitter and then she kills Patrick Bateman and then she's like and that's what started my bloodlust but it's like a a virtuistic is that a word it's like she's she says that her goal is to kill serial killers and then she spends the whole movie killing innocent people that are getting in the way of her getting a job at the FBI (laughs) (laughs) And then the movie just like okay. runs out of things to do halfway through it and then dicks around for the 
end half and doesn't do it. It's it's very it's very stupid and very boring. So it's not like a satire at all. It's no. just a straight like no 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 no. Oh my god! And it tries to be like funny <laughs> cute as it's doing it. It's like haha, it's a girl uh, killing people. Like that's the whole tone of the movie. Like it's a killer, but it's a girl. <laughs> like <laughs> wow, yeah. Just wanted to make sure we mentioned that. Uh, movie news. Oh, by, yeah, easy one out of ten, if anybody's curious. Easy one out of ten. Uh, movie news. So there was yeah. a, a a month or two ago, there was this big post on Reddit that was like, Bruce Willis sells his uh, face. He's the first actor to register oh, with yeah. a deep fake company so they can use his likeness after he dies or, what you know, since he's retired from acting, I guess. And then the next day... There was another big post on Reddit that <laughs> that was like Bruce Willis and his reps deny selling face to deep fake company. So it was quickly dispelled. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because we're entering an age of AI art becoming pretty convincing and pretty useful especially like as single images. So we're we're moving towards the weird dystopian like computers creating art sort of thing. Um, mm. and there's a lot of potential, uh, concerns with it that people have. And I wanted to know if, I, I just wanted to get your opinion on it, both of you, just see how you feel about it. Uh, it's hard not to find it a bit depressing, like the automation <laughs> yeah. of, uh, like an artistic process. Um, I try to think about like the positives that could come from it. Cause it's like, well, when when people started using cars, I guess like similar conversations would be being had, but you know, in a different field. But yeah, it is kind of depressing, mm-hmm. like just how quickly mm-hmm. all this stuff is moving. Like the the technology is just like moving so scarily fast. It's like, are we just going to be able to like use an algorithm to like write a movie for us in like fifteen years, and then let alone like the special effects and like you know. It's getting crazy, like just like the technology and yeah. you know, like TikTok or whatever, with all this like scanning your face and putting special effects over it. Like you don't even really think about how how like cheap and effective this kind of stuff's getting. You mentioned special effects, but I mean, we already have automated simulations for particle effects, for water, for fire effects. Well, like yeah. it's not like an animator is manually deciding where every single molecule in the ocean and avatar is good. Like they make simulations and that's a part of the artistry is creating the software that winds up doing the work for you in some degree, which I think is very interesting. Mm. And I think that the same thing exists in a sense in the AI art that we're seeing right now. So when people are using like, um, what was it called? Like Dolly and all this weird stuff where they're inputting text to get images out of it. The issue comes from, I guess, the idea that no matter what it's creating, it's using other images as references to be able to interpret and come up with its own image. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I would say, like, it should at least list every image that it that it lifts from, because if it's if, if let's say you're feeding the AI only 10 different images and it's all from the same artist then you've essentially copied the artist's style and created something using only like 10 of their images then it's kind of like okay well that should at least be credited or that should at least you know how how, how are we going to reconcile with that you know that that's part of the 
conversation right now. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen like the same arguments against it. And yeah, it is a weird, vague issue. Um, but it would be nice if they could somehow credit. Like it's all automated anyway. Surely there's some kind of record they could attach to. I don't know. It's all such early days for like <laughs> mm-hmm. where this is going, like what they're even doing with it, what they're trying to achieve. Like what is the end goal? Like, yeah. Yeah. Ralph, have you seen any of this uh, like AI art stuff going around? Like it's there's subreddits oh, yeah. for it now too. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it on Twitter and all kinds of stuff people make. Yeah, there's really <laughs> it's really um yeah, really interesting technology. Like it does look it is interesting. I'm fascinated by it because it also raises like the philosophical idea of like okay, so if a computer is only lifting from other existing things to create art and that's an issue to people, aren't we also doing the same like all of everything in our minds comes from our environment, right? And when we look at ideas of art, mm-hmm. we're using other references of art that has existed before. And you can still create that into your own thing. And then it, then it's just a question of like, how much is the computer also creating that into their own thing, right? Or the software, I mean. It's, I don't know. There's still so much to get. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does get deep because it's like, yeah, how many layers deep can you, can you go with it? Because it, if you take that thought to its kind of extreme, it's like, yeah, the the computers and the AI is designed and only got there because of humans. So it's almost like an extension of what humans mm-hmm. are doing anyway. So you could see it as artistic from that lens. One shitty thing that is very, very recent and has been happening and I guess isn't, who knows if it's going to become an epidemic, but there was a person that submitted their AI art into an art competition and won without disclosing yeah. that it was AI art. And it's like, you, we can have a conversation about whether or not it should be in a different category, which it probably should, but not disclosing that, like, that's kind of, that's that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, my mind goes to, like, this kind of, like, fake face kind of technology. Like, oh, yeah. Deep fake. There's going to be a point where you won't be able to trust like any video you yeah. see online, basically. Politicians are just going <laughs> to, like, every politician's going to be filmed yeah. committing a crime, basically. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, gas station yeah, so video. Have to be some kind of like scan or process or like technology that can figure out like deep fakes and stuff like that. Like that that's going to get crazy. Yeah. I think right now there's an equivalency for technology that can determine whether or not something's a deep fake, but who knows if one will outpace the other, right? Yeah. And then we just get into weird uncharted territory where it's like, I guess video doesn't mean anything anymore. I guess there's no such thing mm-hmm. as video evidence anymore. <laughs> weird. Yeah, then what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I love the idea of AI art. I support it in the sense that I love the technology and I want to see more of it and I want to see what it can do and I'm excited to see what its capabilities are. Um, But probably just be honest with it. You know, label it. Try to credit its sources if that's possible. Uh, (laughs) There's some furry websites that have just come out and been like, we are banning all AI art on the platform. It's like, (laughs) I don't... I mean... If they don't say whether or not it's AI art, I don't know how you can tell. Like, you can't... There are some ways you can tell. <laughs> like, depending on what's in it. But also, it's like... Mm. You could just make another category for it. I don't understand why you have to ban it on the platform. Just make another category. It's weird. 
If you use like a water, the water simulation that I was talking about, if you use that in a background of a photo that you drew over, like, is that not some form of AI art? That's like assisted in some way, right? Like, I don't know. True. Yeah. Like doing a drawing on an iPad almost. Or like (laughs) you, you, yeah, you use the, the tablet and you're using the, the software and let's say you use like the spray paint, uh, tool. Like you're not you're not putting mm-hmm. in each of those speckles. You're like sort of guiding it into its own simulation. Well, yeah, of, you can set like custom brushes that where the computer yep. helps your lines be smoother or yeah. whatever you need it to be. It looks like a brush or whatever. Mm. Yeah. All right. Speaking of uh, art made by machines, uh, the DC you entertainment universe is uh <laughs> they have a bunch of enter changes happening change, they changed the name yeah what is it called now ralph wait really yeah. just the dcu dc apparently <laughs> okay yeah that might be a rumor or something what was it before what the, the dceu <laughs> was like the dc extended universe now it's just uh, the dc <laughs> now it's just dc okay. <laughs> very cool <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, now James Gunn is in charge of it creatively instead of uh, Zack Snyder, I guess. Yeah. Which... People love his Suicide Squad movie, so yeah, it makes and it's, sense. It's really cool it's that they well decided received. to do this, particularly because, like, the Suicide Squad was released, like, during pandemic, I think, like, simultaneously on HBO Max, was it not? Yeah, at the same time. Yeah. So they would have, like, very A lot of people skewed, saw it there. unprecedented box office numbers, whatever they got for it. But yeah, it's the you know people watch that one at home. A lot of people, yeah, because it's not the same day. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I guess maybe just the percep- uh, public perception and enthusiasm, uh, and maybe enough people yeah. signed up for the fucking subscription service. You never know. Um, yeah, it made almost like a hundred sixty-nine million dollars. Okay, so, did well. And there was also that well that spinoff Radio show Gun did oh, yeah. with John Cena. Oh yeah, I never saw yeah. that. Yeah, oh I did. It's really good. Is it good? I enjoyed it. It's quite funny. Okay. Lots of good actors in it. And it ties in. Yeah. To like, it ties into Black Adam and it ties into oh. the Suicide Squad. So I have yet to yeah. see Black Adam. I might be seeing that this week. Yeah, me neither. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> okay. I gotta, Spoiler. <laughs> I gotta just like, well, yes, really don't, just don't worry just about it. Oh. Get in the mindset of buying that ticket. You know? Just being like, I'm gonna spend money on the rock. Yeah, it's not the. It's not as bad. It's just, you know, it's not Morbius. It's not Morbius. Not Morbius. You're right. It was much better than that. So there's something about this. It's the rock is the main thing that puts me off. But everything else, I can find. I'm fine with. But it's just that. Mm. I don't know. The rock. (laughs) Yeah, like he's like the. He's playing the the Shazam villain, but he like refuses to have Shazam in the movie because of his like. Oh, is, was that his to... decision? Was that The Rock's decision? Yeah. Why? That's my understanding, anyway. <laughs> He's like, no Shazam, I'm the star. Because he wants it to be like his ego, like, yeah, I'm changing up, yeah. And then, like, reveals <laughs> in the after credits or whatever, like, yeah, he, he wants this character to be, like, a bigger deal than it's, it's like Black Adam, you know? I don't know. That's funny. Something about this one that... <laughs> There's something like the hierarchy of DC is changing, right? Yeah, yeah. all the advertising he's like put on oh social media. God. It's like really embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's changing. He's such a weird guy. He he really yeah. embodies the current generation superstar attitude. True. He's doing his own <laughs> thing. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, in terms of uh, James Gunn decide making creative decisions for DC, I mean, like that could only go well compared to what it is now, yeah. right? There's no way it could possibly yeah. be worse. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, well, they're kind of like trying to distance themselves from it too. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, this, this Zack Snyder stuff, yeah, it's, like, connected, but it's mostly its own thing. Like, once Wonder Woman came out and Aquaman, like, these directors have very interesting styles that are, like, actually, like, add to the movie. Like, they're maybe making something a little more, like, box office friendly, like, appealing. Like, mm-hmm. Aquaman can be fun and, like, Shazam is fun. They're like, oh, let's make stuff like that. Like, the Suicide Squad instead of, like, the dark, kind of dreary stuff that, like, Zack Snyder did. Which it's it's now it doesn't even feel like the same universe. It's like someone turned the lights on, or like it, you know, it's yeah. daytime now. It's <laughs> lots of color, and it's, yeah, it, it's like weird, but it's much more box office appealing than like Batman vs Superman, which was just like so poorly received. It took them a long time to realize it, but the major thing that was missing from the Snyderverse was fun. <laughs> like it took them a while to figure out. Oh, yeah. you should have fun. It in had your no movie. It should be a fun movie. Yeah. What? That's crazy. It like James Gunn was like, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. they're vi- visually miserable. <laughs> yeah. Some of the most miserable movies ever made. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> they say Henry's Henry Cavill's going to have more charisma now in like the new ones. So I'm like, oh, okay. he's staying in it. Yeah, he's Superman. Um that was announced. Okay. Um, in future movies. Because, yeah, you yeah, le- left that Witcher show, didn't you? Or something. So oh, that's yeah, the writers t- apparently were mocking the book or something. They were like they didn't they didn't really like the source material as much as Henry Cavill did. He he Henry Cavill liked the books and he liked the games. And he's like, well, if they don't like respect the material, <laughs> he's like mad at him. And they, now he's Superman. <laughs> and now they got um I think Luke Hemsworth, brother of Thor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the brother. Oh yeah. Yeah. They got him to be the Witcher. So they're just changing the casting of like what the main character bad idea in season four the or main character yeah, yeah the main character wow yeah the that's main appeal crazy. the thing everyone liked about it is that netflix yeah. right that's netflix oh wow. yeah that is netflix they've killed it probably just stop the show i think they've had two seasons <laughs> just just make just write like a special yeah, a lot yeah. of people are watching it for henry cavill right they've canceled like every other show like yeah it's cool it quits that's crazy wow yeah Okay, well... These superhero things are pretty interesting, yeah. <laughs> like, all the studio stuff. Yeah, um... Thanks for bringing that up. No problem. Uh, we all <laughs> saw... Barbarian. Spoiler discussion for Barbarian, because it's not easy to talk about without spoiling it. You can't spell Barbarian without Airbnb. Right? True. Housing market. Now that's the scariest horror movie around. True. <laughs> so where was this set? Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it made me go on Google Maps and have a look around the area. Um, because I was just thinking, like, are there many films set in Detroit? Because it seems like such an obvious eight mile like, place to set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think about it? I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, good. I enjoyed it. it, was, too. it was, yeah, I think I didn't quite love it as uh, much as everyone else seems to. Um, I enjoyed kind of the the weird structure and the whole kind of mm-hmm. total 
shift like halfway through the movie, like the the direction it takes, but it also made me bring up some more questions, like the whole uh, the whole kind of Me Too like character, mm-hmm. um, the Justin Long arc that they go through. Um, I don't know. We can get into it a bit more once we've all said our thoughts, but yeah, it's okay. It's got some fun twists and turns. I like the I like what the barbarian turns out to be. Uh, mm-hmm. At least in my opinion, or whatever. Uh, oh yeah, yes, yeah, right. Well, once again, the spoilers. I guess quite yet. I mean, I don't know if people have seen it. It's on HBO Max now, so we'll see what it does there. A lot of people have seen it. Yeah, yeah, just spoil. I think it was a pretty successful movie. I saw it in the theater. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, like, the theater experience was a lot of fun. People mm-hmm. seemed really into the movie. Yeah, it would have been cool to see it with a bunch of people in theaters, but um, there were only a few in mine. And I always judge that, but that like people were, people were really into it. They were, really, they were like, you know, some like they were talking like, holy shit, like, I think when things happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, it takes a lot of twists and turns that like you don't expect. It's very unpredictable. Yeah, it's uh. It's interesting in that way, and I really respect the movie for what uh, its goals are. Um, it's I have to sneeze, and this is bugging the shit out of me. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. It's directed by uh, Zach Kreger, um, if I pronounced his name right. But uh, have you ever seen The Whitest Kids You Know? It's like a sketch comedy thing. Oh, that's him. Yeah. He's one of the members. And so that, to me, um, that explains why I feel uh, the comedy segments are more well executed than the horror segments. I love that it tried to do both, but I think the comedy is where it really, it really uh, shone, shined, shined, shone, shined. Yeah, not the horror. <laughs> What's the word? Shining. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, it's like it's like Miss March because they made Miss March. Like that's a comedy, so I guess I see what you're saying. Miss March, I think. They oh did wow, that. that's a fucking forever ago. Yeah, two thousand nine. That's the last thing they made. Yeah, I didn't see it either. No one I know saw it. It got bad reviews when it came out. It's got a seven Metascore. That's pretty good. It's got a two point on Letterboxd or something. Two point one. Yeah, yeah. two point one. So I felt like. Yeah. Um, so the movie's divided into very clear thirds, very clear three-act structure. First act, fairly standard horror, kind of like spooky, you know, what's, you know, is she going to be killed by this guy? Why are the mm-hmm. weird things happening? Yeah, is he lying? Yeah, like kind of horror mystery thing. Um, and that wasn't bad, although... The music was so fucking insistent throughout it, and it was kind of annoying. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It was just like kind of. It felt like kind of familiar in that section. Yeah, especially. a couple of lame like jump scares too. Yeah, yeah. Sure. During that section, yeah. yeah. Act two shows along, and it's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Long was like the best part of the movie, in my opinion, when he's like measuring the house and. Just the tone and the editing that went along with this segment and his whole, I don't know, what's the word, like hubris or his uh, kind of like cocky attitude. And 
you know, you start out with the accusation and then as more information gets revealed, it's like, okay, well, this isn't, this isn't just like a false accusation thing. You're kind of shitty. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He's just an asshole. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. yeah like the, the first asshole. thing he does when, um, there is the funny like comparison of when the, like the woman main character finds that creepy basement in the room with the bucket and the bed compared to when Justin Long finds mm -hmm. it. And he's just like, he instantly Googles like how it affects the house price. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even care uh, about that. Like, that was funny. Found. Yeah. yeah. It's like so out of touch. He's like, yeah, so unlikable. And it kind of makes you want the, uh, the big bad to, to get him in the end. Mm -hmm. And it does do a good oh, yeah. like job with his character. Like as he, <laughs> Like right at the end, where he 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 pushes the woman off the like water tower, um, really just <laughs> doubling down and reinforcing what that character is. Like mm -hmm. he's pretty, he's pretty just evil all around, to be honest. And but that was like the most satisfying angle, like seeing him get demolished by the the creepy but weirdly sympathetic mother monster thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it got way more interesting once that monster came in for me and um like where that led with the whole backstory of the serial killer and the timeline shift and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah it was I a like more the creepy and interesting sequences. there yeah yeah and with a bit of like interpretive kind of violence and it's kind of the inverse of like when we we're talking about the black firm where it was like i need a bit more I need some more like cleverness or something there mm-hmm make me really scared of this situation. I feel like they chose much kind of more intelligent, smarter things to show to get across the the creepiness of that that serial killer, the barbarian, and what is created with this, this mother thing, mutant. I liked where it went with it, but I was kind of unsatisfied with the reveal of the face of the mother because i felt like it was less intimidating to me at that point when it was still it was still acting as the monster it was still acting as like the uh the threat in the scene uh but it just wasn't something about it just was not super threatening to me and the make like it's like the design of it would have been better suited for a sketch comedy horror but in the context of a comedy, whereas like this has this has comedy at points in the movie, but in the context of the creature, you're not supposed to find it funny at that moment, except, you know, maybe some of the breastfeeding scenes or something. Right. Um, yeah. Like but the, yeah, comedy. the design of it was not hitting the right notes for me in terms of like fear or horror. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, either. It was. It wasn't like um like the end of Wreck or something where yeah kind of design a creature is shot in a certain way where just enough is left out of the picture so it, it remains kind of obscure and scary yeah um but yeah I, I didn't really find much of the horror to be what carried it for me mm -hmm. um it was more just like a question of like what is this house what is this place what is kind of the lore of this uh this mother creature um. Yeah, I'm with you with the the horror stuff. Not really, not really doing much for me. Mm -hmm. What was your What was your favorite part of it, Ralph? Oh, I really like the whole beginning. You guys are saying like it's kind of like like your least favorite part of the movie. I really enjoyed all that stuff in the beginning. Mm -hmm. That's like what sells it. You don't know where it's going like at all, and it's like 
There's, there was no way I could predict where it was going. That's what made it yeah. so interesting to watch and so, like, shocking when shit's... Like, there's no way you can predict some of these things. It's, like, crazy. No. Um, no, it is a fun build it, Yeah, it is a lot of fun. And, yeah, looks great. Um, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it all around. I thought it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I really liked the movie. It was really enjoyable. It reminded me of something like Drag Me to Hell, like how I felt watching that. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is crazy. This is, like, disturbing. It's got all this, like hidden meeting then whatever and yeah yeah i really enjoyed the movie i thought it was a lot of fun i really like i remember it it's one of my favorite horror movies i saw this year probably okay dope yeah, i really liked it i really enjoyed it yeah it reminded me of drag me to hell in the sense that it's a horror comedy and justin long's in it also <laughs> um yeah uh, yeah. And it could be like compared to Tusk, but this is much better than Tusk. Oh, I don't. Oh, this is I don't want to think about Tusk. Bal- yeah. I don't want to It balances the tone. Well, I was just yeah, thinking about Tusk. <laughs> I was thinking about that and like, I don't know. Oh, that's like really what I was thinking about Tusk. Yeah, because he's in it. Like, oh, that's like the last horror <laughs> thing I've seen him in. He's a good horror comedy but He's actor. really good at like, this movie. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, he he's, he's done he that a few times. He's, yeah, he's always good at it. Yeah. Yeah, I really like the movie. We can get into ratings if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, really respect the movie for what it was trying to do. Uh, but yeah, unlike Drag Me to Hell, I, I feel like the the horror segments are were it didn't it didn't function as a horror movie. It only functioned as a comedy to me. And yeah, there were interesting aspects to it. I just wish it was maybe a bit more polished in the in the more serious bits or whatever it's trying to sell me as suspense or thriller or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I'd recommend it really respect it a lot. Five out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a little bit above. I'm pretty much right there with you. I just wanted a bit more, one of these things to be more exaggerated in a way that would, uh, be a bit more consistent. Yeah. Make really double down on the horror and make that aspect work. Cool make it more elaborate and comedic, like a drag me to hell type thing. Um, it's enjoyable though. I'm not sure if I'm going to rush back to see it. Like some of the other, other kind of recent horror movies like men or whatever that I've enjoyed a lot more. Yeah. Uh, Ralph, did you give your rating? No, I, I would give it a, was it three and a half out of five stars? Nice. Yeah. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I would definitely say see it in the theater if you can. Mm-hmm. Some people really hated this movie. It seemed like really polarizing. Some people either thought it was like the best uh, yeah. thing ever or the worst know. thing ever. I feel like like a lot of horror movies get that reaction, you know. Like there was the whole controversy about like Logan Paul's reaction to Nope, and you know, like Men had that whole controversial pushback. Logan Paul had a reaction to Nope. I've not. Do I care? Oh, it was, it it was like a huge drama. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He just said it was he, the worst like, thing ever. He saw the movie and he did this whole like chain of tweets about how like it it doesn't make sense and how it's like not a very good movie. That's cool. <laughs> I couldn't 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 imagine giving a shit about what he has to say about Nope. Uh, yeah. Twitter people are funny. Jesus. Um yeah. Here's a question that I forgot to ask you before we started recording has everybody seen hellraiser or is it just me and alex i've seen it the new one the original one the new one no i haven't seen the new one i need to see the original one i mean i mean it's not really connected but you can i i would say i would say bump that up on your your stuff because i I wouldn't mind talking about it i liked it a lot i want to hear alex talk about it too 
Um, but yeah, I guess we can talk about uh, the big Lebowski. Take it away. Well, so it was my pick for this one, The Big Lebowski, 1998, Coen Brothers. Um, this is kind of one of those movies where <laughs> describing the plot is like a, a big fear, like coming up to it. Like, <laughs> this is like a convoluted kind of movie, a, mm-hmm. a quirky, strange movie. Um, with the, the, the premise basically being, um, what if one of these, uh, like private eye, um, like detective novel type characters or stories is parodied by put, placing the main character as being this kind of deadbeat stoner who doesn't really know how to achieve anything, is pretty useless and lazy. Um, and the, the comedy that kind of naturally arrives from that kind of situation. Um, like the Coens are known for their idiosyncrasies with their characters and it's kind of that taken to the ultimate extreme in The Big Lebowski, that there are so many characters um, and so many memorable ones, um, despite the fact some of them are only on screen for a couple of minutes and mm-hmm. they wind up being the most memorable thing about it. Um, but there's more going on than just a, a silly kind of stoner comedy. Because, um, yeah, you do have the whole film noir parody. You have all the just bizarre concepts that they're slipping in there, like the, these nihilist characters and getting into the kind of strange philosophical concepts and the dream um, sequences. Yeah. Yeah. Dream sequences. Yeah. It's a, it's a strange, weird movie. Like I'll never forget this. Cause I've, I've said this is one of my favorite movies for a long time. And I just got this message from someone once who was like, so I finally saw the big Lebowski. This is your favorite. This movie like sucks. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know like what is happening or God. <laughs> yeah, but um, I would I wouldn't necessarily blame someone for that. But I find it to be uh, pretty fascinating. And every time I watch it, I get like a different slant or a new line or something or a new appreciation for a character or a reference to something I I didn't pick up the first time. I'm I'm a big fan of this movie. Yeah. What about you guys? I loved it. Um, I had watched it before once when I was much younger and I don't know what age, but whatever age I was, uh, I was not really able to appreciate it because I, it didn't really, it didn't really stick with me in any kind of way. And I think maybe the convoluted aspect of it, uh, Mm -hmm. didn't help when I was whatever age I was. Um, I was, I was definitely confused watching it and I was like, what's, what's everyone's motivation right now? And even watching it this time, like near the end, I was like a little bit confused at some parts and I had to, you know, figure things out. There, there is a convoluted aspect to it. Um, but watching it this time, I really, I really got a lot more out of it and, uh, a lot of genuine laughs, a lot of great character moments. Um, it felt like, uh, oh, what's that fucking PTA movie with, uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, the one, the one where he's, oh, Inherent Vice. That yeah, inherent it vice. felt it felt like what I wanted Inherent Vice to be. That's exactly what I was thinking. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's so much more creative. It's so much more fun. Yeah, funny. Yeah, I couldn't Better use finish music. That <laughs> like memorable soundtrack. Like you remember the soundtrack. It's got yeah, so many great aspects to it. It's so well thought out. Yeah. It's really funny and yeah, great. Like the whole entire cast is really 
good job in this. Mm-hmm. They were a lot of fun. They were they gave some of the best performances. Like of their of the year it came out. It is a it is very much a comedy, but it's it's almost like a much more mature version of a stoner car- comedy. And what was funny is they they actually one of the lines in this film was like, "Dude, where's my car?" <laughs> Which is this came out before <laughs> "Dude, where's my car?" But it reminded me of that. I'm like, "Wow, this is kind of in a way this is like just a much more mature, talented version of that to some degree, <laughs> you know, with like less." obvious things you would do yeah that that's one of the other things i like about it is just how strange it is of a decision that the cohen's after releasing fargo mind you where they got like a ton of critical acclaim like pretty wide like appreciation that (laughs) with that creative freedom that came with that success they chose to make this like this weird like parody of these old detective stories and it, like, it wasn't like a big commercial or critical hit when it came out. It was one of those slow build, like a cult classic type movies. Um, so I just, I appreciate that that's like the line they chose to go down after like a Fargo. Cause you'd imagine like more of a natural jump would be going straight to something like no country, uh, you know, like it is like a total like 180. Like the whole reason they wrote, um, Donnie's character to always be like shut down by Walter with the, uh, the shut the fuck up line was, just because Steve Buscemi talks so much in Fargo. So it's just like, they just want us to like inverse and do something completely different. Um, just makes it stand out in their, in their list of movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their entire filmography is really interesting. Because <laughs> they, uh, they did have a couple bad ones in there. Let's see. Yeah, Lady Killers isn't great. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I where... haven't seen that one. I, I really like a lot of the movies I've seen from them, but this is like up there, like top two. Like this is one of their best movies. I I feel. I really love this movie. Yeah, it's like so iconic. Yeah, this is before Lady Show by Roger Deakins too. Oh yeah, Little Deaky. <laughs> it's like a beautiful yeah. movie. Like loads of great <laughs> cinematography. Like the elaborate like set pieces in the dreams and like I was I was looking up some of the technology. Um, they used to get all those shots on like the bowling alley of the camera, like tracking right behind the ball or going oh, through yeah. people's legs um, without like compositing or whatever. And they've basically just got this like camera on a remote control skateboard that just like follows oh, it down the alley. And yeah. Yeah. There's some really interesting stuff happening here. Um, really good music by Carter Burwell also. Going to point that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like, there's like uh, enough of the kind of like folk rock sort of uh, stuff that the Coen brothers obviously love to put in there. I like yeah. that tone. I like that vibe. I'm a fan of the genre, depending on, you know, the song, obviously. But um, yeah, it's such a weird, it's a, it's such a great character movie. I love that mm-hmm. um, everybody kind of reacts in a way that is consistent with their character, but it requires so much talent in terms of writing it because you never hear, you never hear the writer's voice so much. You, you just hear the character's voice and the, the, the vocabulary and the way that sentences are, the way that ideas are communicated by each character is so in tuned, so finely tuned to exactly how they would say it. 
it's like a they've created living breathing people within their piece of art i love it yeah no the, the dialogue is insane it's, it's probably one of the reasons it is one of those kind of sits as one of those cult classic types it's just so quotable there's so much good funny dialogue mm -hmm. and there's such like a variety of um kind of exaggerated characters that everyone's going to attach themselves to a different one like it's so extreme to the point where not only is there like a, a dude religion or something called a dudism that's right oh but there's also like this <laughs> <laughs> have you not heard this no please um, please tell there's there's like a it's, it's a religion it's got like four or five hundred thousand members um okay yeah just so called like dudism. an official religion it's, then yeah, it's a religion, philosophy, or lifestyle inspired by the dude, the protagonist of the Coen Brothers 98 film. <laughs> yeah, get, 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 get ordained. ordained for free. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So it's got a pretty kind of fanatical fan base. Um, it's great. The other point I was going to reference Fuck. was, um, yeah, just going into like the characters, I guess, and how memorable people find them. There was like a weird... Big Lebowski sequel um, directed by John Turturro oh. <laughs> about the character Jesus. Um, I haven't seen it. It doesn't look what good. It and I don't think it was supposed to be very good. Um, oh, let me see if I noted it down. The Jesus Rolls, 2019. Uh, okay. Yeah. My my um my mom told me she saw yeah. that. She hasn't seen the Big Lebowski. Oh. She's like, this is fucking terrible. Like <laughs> she hadn't she hadn't seen the Big yeah. Lebowski and she saw Jesus Rolls. No. John Turturro oh. directed it. No, because I think it was just on that yeah, John Turturro. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's like John Turturro made his own spin-off. But you know, she just happened to watch it. She's like, Oh, a John Turturro movie or whatever. It's so bizarre. And she's like, fucking terrible. But it kind of defeats yeah. the point of like what is so good about that character in the original is he's in it for like two minutes. That's all you need. Oh yeah. Yeah. It would be it would be so annoying to watch an entire movie with that character. Yeah, yeah you don't it. need that or want that. Jesus. A lot of the characters are that way. Like, yeah. I think it's just one scene. It's like one or two. He gets yeah, two, two, I think. It's like yeah. introduction, then the the one later he gets angry um, for them like changing the date of the tournament. Yeah. I've seen the GIF a lot. There's a lot of memes from this movie. Yeah, there, there's a many from this movie. Yeah, loads of memes. Yeah. yeah, they're great at writing characters. I think that's why, like, some of their movies have gotten made into TV shows, like Fargo. I still haven't seen the Very Fargo show. Interesting characters. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. I've seen the first two seasons. It's good. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple episodes that reference the Big Lebowski too, like mimicking some of that camera work. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, their I'm characters just, are so iconic. What can I'm just still looking at dudism here. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah, real, it's man. crazy. We should all get ordained. Watch the ABC Nightline episode about dudism. Okay. I'll watch this later, I guess. <laughs> 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 I'm getting too distracted here. Uh Yeah, this is uh I can't I don't think that I have a more favorite Jeff Bridges performance, unless you can name one that I'm forgetting about, but like this one is really no. into the it's character for grip, sure. But he's much better here. I wouldn't imagine from any other movie that I've ever seen him in, I would never imagine him playing a character like this. True, actually. Yeah. Even though it's his like defining role in the end. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, David Thewlis, the high-pitched voice, that was fun. Um, <laughs> the video artist. <laughs> oh, yeah. One thing that I was noticing, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, he didn't, you know, he wasn't like a main character. He had a good amount of screen time. But um, even in the parts where he wasn't speaking, he was giving so such good faces like when he was sitting yeah. in the back of the the limo i i wish i could describe this over podcast audio but if you just go to those scenes of the limo and you'll see like some amazing sort of like reaction faces that he's giving that are not it's not necessarily what you're supposed to pay attention to in the scene but he's just like it's such a weird weird thing he's doing and it's very <laughs> funny looking in a good way yeah um I, I love his delivery during that scene where he first like meets the dude and takes him to that time mirror thing and he's like trying to gloat about the big Lebowski. It's just like so like stilted and awkward in like an intentional funny way. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's like such a pushover type. I, well, I love that like this is again talking about like the consistency of the Coen brothers and how they write their characters. I love that... Uh, j- it says so much about Philip Seymour Hoffman's character that not only does he call the dude dude, but in the way he says it, in the way that he addresses him, it's, a, it's <laughs> as if he might as well be saying sir. And he's not doing it in like even a sarcastic way. He's just, he's fulfilled the role. He's like, oh, okay, I'm calling you dude now and I am subservient to the blah, 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 blah. Just like, yeah, he's, <laughs> it says so much about his character yeah. and it's so consistent with it, just that he decides to do that throughout the, throughout the entire film. And it's just, it's such a, just tiny, tiny little quirks and details that they, you can find throughout all of their films that just, yeah, they're fantastic writers. Yeah, and it's also what makes it consistently funny. Yeah. Because um, they, they, they play it so straight and the, it's just the characters interacting with each other are in earnest. They're not trying to smirk and wink at the camera they're just yeah <laughs> they do feel like genuine real people even though they are like exaggerated um just enough to make them mm-hmm. like you uh, interesting to watch like um julianne moore's like feminist artist yeah. like character like <laughs> yeah <laughs> laughing with david thewlis on the phone or throwing paint on this crazy contraption flinging it through the air it's all like it's all funny from the the dude's perspective. It's just he's just like blithering around, like trying to play detective. And <laughs> that in and of itself is funny, let alone the myriad of characters that get pushed in front of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and it's also I just like it from the angle of <laughs> it's like a main character that basically learns nothing, achieves nothing, only really fails at his goals, and what his friend dies. One of the most unimportant characters ever dies. (laughs) (laughs) Whose only purpose in the film was basically to die. (laughs) Yeah. Just be a third wheel and die. Even despite like saying that though, it's like, it's utterly compelling. It's, it's so unusual and strange is Mm -hmm. this weird gem. Um, Just from this era before they wanted to take it in a different direction. Like, have they attempted like another just full on comedy without adding in more serious crime elements? So, um, since this, I'm well, I mean, to Burn think. After Reading was a comedy. Um, a Serious Man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, mm-hmm, I consider that to be quite a comedy, I guess. I don't know. It's It really yeah. depends on how you do because all it, their yeah. movies are so difficult to put into a box in a way. So it, it's mm. like, 
It's difficult yeah, to categorize them in that way. There's little elements of each. No Country for Old Men, right? That was very different. Very so, different. Yeah, it's still a great movie. That's like what I think is their other great movie. Those two. <laughs> I love No Country. I mean, yeah, they're so they're so different. They're just, they're just so different. Mm-hmm. Is there no fucking 4K for No Country yet? Jesus Christ. <laughs> really? There is for this movie. Yeah, I know. Mm. I had it for a while. Damn. It's still waiting on so many things. It's so annoying. Give me the things. I want them. Uh, so, yeah, this was back in a, at a time where, because of, what was it, the Director's Guild? Like, they weren't allowed, they wouldn't be allowed to be, like, nominated for Academy Awards or be a part of the Guild if they had both of their names credited as directors. So they had to just pick Joel, I guess. Oh. Yeah, even though both of them directed it. Mm. It just said directed by Joel Co. You didn't know about that? No. Yeah, for a long well, time. What does that protect from? Yeah, it was just a stupid rule that they were... <laughs> Here, let me look it up. Give me a second. Uh, what was the thinking behind that? What's wrong with having two directors? I know. Where do I find this? Okay, Directors Guild of America. I gotta find a better source than just people talking about it. All right, well, somebody in the comments section explain it because I'm not gonna go on a deep dive right here and I'm trying to... (laughs) I'm not... (laughs) My understanding is that because of the Directors Guild of America, um, their rules at the time was that you could only have one person credited as director. So even though both of them directed... Um, they weren't both credited credited until like no country or something, um, because that's when they yeah. would have changed their rules, or maybe they left whatever guild that was. Uh, but yeah, mm. somebody in the comments give me a good source for that because I don't want to just repeat th- rumors. Yeah. But that's my understanding. Very silly. Uh, what was your favorite quote? I'm a big fan of Walter and all his um references to Nam. Um, oh yeah. Basically, basically every single scene with him, he'll make it be about Vietnam, even when there's there's no link at all. Uh-huh. Um, that's often where like that's one of, just one of the funnier dynamics. To be honest, is there's basically always an argument between <laughs> yeah. Walter and the dude because I don't even know like how they even became friends because they're just like so always at each other's throats um, over like this issue and they're completely inverse ways of approaching it. Um, Cause he's a stoner and he doesn't have any money. <laughs> just like, that's how he lives. There's just like so many funny little details. Like Walter, um, he actually like, he keeps making guesses about like the truth of what's happening, like to bunny or whatever. And mm-hmm. he's like guessing correct. Um, which is like a funny detail. Like, most of his guesses are correct up until, where <laughs> the one he he uh, proclaims the most confidence in that being the Big Lebowski uh, not actually being disabled and then uh, mm-hmm. that whole farce that he causes yeah yeah a lot of the drama is actually just purely a result of him being around like oh yeah fucking up the uh, <laughs> he's the conflict <laughs> with the gun <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's hilarious though he's like has to be there um, yeah I I love that I love that character conceptually and it feels like a very real thing. Of like some big tough guy who's like kind of fat, just constantly packing, like all constantly yeah. trying to come up with excuses to use their gun, just being like, no, because no, I'm mean, just <laughs> reminding everybody, reminding themselves that like, no, I'm a vet or whatever. It's like no matter what they did in the war, but just needing to feel like they're always 
back in the war for some reason. Like that that's the only yeah. purpose that they've had. It's like those people exist. Not saying that there's like a huge amount of oh, them. Yeah. Like they definitely exist. When he's got like this this undying loyalty to his ex wife, which is like a funny detail where he's oh, like, yeah. looking after uh, uh, her prized dog or um <laughs> you know, like insists yeah. that you can't you can't roll on Shabbos. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, he's Jewish, which he converted to for <laughs> this really funny humor that comes from that. Um <laughs> Ralph, do you have a favorite quote? Oh my god, I don't know. <laughs> so many, I know. Um, the whole scene with Lenny. This is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. I I really enjoyed... Uh, I, maybe I really enjoyed this one particularly because it's not in the pop culture as much like i don't see it memed as much so this one is a bit more of a surprise she's not my special lady she's my lady friend i'm just helping her conceive man (laughs) oh yeah yeah i know that that one's really funny (laughs) just such a funny (laughs) setup to that like so so many bizarre things happening in this movie um well yeah the (laughs) the whole new shit has come to light like speech he has in the back of that car to the big lebowski and seymour hoffman yeah, that, that part's always like really got me, got me real good. But mm-hmm. that's like my my most vivid memory watching it uh, the first time when I was like, I don't know, like ten, eleven. I pop in the VHS and I was just losing it by that point. I'd like never seen like comedy quite like this at that age. So it was, I don't know, it like really sits there in my head. Um, really memorable. When did you first watch it? Um, I think I've told this story before. Uh, I was on like some holiday with my mum somewhere, like uh, staying in like a bed and breakfast, and they just had a bunch of VHSs in the room. Um, one of them was The Big Lebowski, and I asked my mum about it, and she was like, "Oh yeah, that's funny." And I just watched it and uh, lost my shit. Even though, like, as you say, like seventy percent of it probably went over my head, but mm-hmm. it was. There's something like magical about it. Um, that's one of my like favorite kind of movie memories. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. I think I think the uh, I think the biggest arc in the film is probably John Goodman's character like apologizing <laughs> at the end, <laughs> like after after the ashes of the, yeah. the in the Folgers <laughs> tin, which was so perfect. Yeah, and the good love Ralphs. Yeah, a lot of iconic locations from like LA. Like you definitely recognized it, which was mm-hmm. you know really cool. Like he's in a Ralph's at the beginning. It's like a supermarket that's there. Oh, yeah. Like I lived there for a bit. That's where I went. And then like I, I don't know. Like other they drive by a Del Taco. It's like it's little shit like that that you pick up on. Like it really informs oh, yeah. the setting, and that informs the characters. But then like yeah, how the they opening act. scene in the supermarket. That's another one that gets me where he's he's like writing out a check for 69 cents for just like one <laughs> carton of milk. Like it's, it, it totally establishes that character and everything he stands for like without anyone saying anything. Mm-hmm. And that's also coupled with yeah. that, um, that narration. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> like the narrator is like, he just like loses his train of thought <laughs> like in the, in the intro, like he just doesn't even know what he's talking about, which again, just totally sets like the tone and yeah. the kind of rambly nature of it. And like, yeah, don't expect this to really make sense or like resolve in any way you'd <laughs> expect from like a regular kind of movie. Los Angeles, the way he says things, he's the man, 
he's the dude. Sometimes there's a man, a dude. <laughs> it's just, uh, was that like that Sam Neill or somebody? What was his yeah, name? yeah. Yeah. His um, scenes are great. Yeah. There's a funny, um, like behind the scenes, uh, thing I found on YouTube, where they were talking about him and like <laughs> how he just didn't understand really like what was happening, like on set or like in the story. It was Sam Elliott. I um, always confuse the name Sam Elliott and Sam Neill. Oh, Sam yeah, Neill's yeah. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I do that all the time. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah, Sam Elliott. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sam Elliott. <laughs> so I was finding like new humor watching it this time, just imagining like Sam Elliott <laughs> tr- just trying to like figure out like what is going on. Like, because those are like some weird abstracts. He- he's like. Yeah, he doesn't really like exist. He he, addre- he he like goes meta. He addresses the audience like right at the end, and he's like, he knows things that he couldn't possibly know without just not existing outside of the story, like uh, Maud being pregnant with his kid and just random stuff like that. Hmm. It's like time freezes when he's there, and he just like just gets abstract for a second. Yeah, sure. It's like his inner monologue, whatever the dudes. In her monologue in the way, or like a point of view character. Yeah, he's he's awesome in the movie. <laughs> great performance. Yeah, yeah, he's he's great in a few movies. He's great in a Star Is Born too. Mm-hmm. He came out like recently, so like he's still doing stuff. He's in Ghost Rider, of course. <laughs> he's in Tombstone. <laughs> um, Tombstone's a great movie. So yeah, he's got a lot of good roles. Sam Elliott. He's. Oh, he's in Roadhouse. That's right. <laughs> I just saw it on Netflix. Um, I didn't watch the movie. I saw it like while I was scrolling through. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have much else to say about. It. Like, I feel like people love this movie and have like analyzed the shit out of it and have their own meaning. Like, it has a cult following. Like, people love this movie. So, like, I, I don't know what else I could add to it aside from that. Yeah, it's like really great movie. Yeah, there's a. It's, it's really um, epic and. Yeah, it's some epic storytelling. It's great characters, looks great because of Roger Deakins, you know, and every, everything's funny. Every scene is great. You remember it. You want to see the next scene. It's, it just keeps moving and see it's so much fun. It's really funny. Yeah, so dense of characters and all of them so memorable, whether it be the, <laughs> the uh, landlord who does his like theater on the stage or the uh, the cab driver who gets into a little tussle with the dude because he's like playing the Eagles and he was like <laughs> whinging in the back of the cab. That scene always gets me too. Oh, yeah. That was funny. Or the nihilist <laughs> screaming that it's not fair because their whole plan like goes wrong. It's like <laughs> yeah. really funny stuff. It really tickles yeah. me. Um, uh, it's really yeah. clever, all the dialogue and everything. Uh, yeah, I think after seeing it as many times as I have now, I, I think I understand the plot. I th- I, th- I think I finally wrapped my head around like what every th- every thread yeah like most of it has like no real like meaning but it, yeah. it's fun that it's like so yeah, much yeah sure on. yeah sorry I just wanted to mention you know there is a 4K of Fargo Fargo so they, they did Fargo the film yeah not no show? country yeah no the the film okay awesome I will I will add yeah. that to my list thank you so much that should be a good one yeah Fargo is also great. Yeah, but yeah, no one, no old country. Yeah, give Which me that. There needs no to country be. for old men. Yeah. 4K. What the fuck? Give me Kill Bill already. What the fuck? Come out with a whatever Quentin Tarantino <laughs> package you need to. 
so annoying. So yeah, there's a uh, there's a wiki there's a section on the wiki for this film titled "Use as Social and Political Analysis," <laughs> and I'm not going to get into it. And oh, I'm not yeah. going to pretend. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend like I had these ideas beforehand. I'm just, I'm just going to say. Uh, that could be an interesting read at some point uh, for anybody who wants to delve into that. But who knows? It might just all be bullshit. So, um, yeah, love the movie. Uh, I would definitely watch it again. I'm not. I'm not rushing to see it again. I'm not white rushing to see it mm. again. Uh, but Ooh, uh, nice. but yeah, I'll, I'll, it's it's. I'll keep the 4K Blu-ray and I will put it on again sometime. Love the movie 9 out of 10. You ever had a white Russian? Me? Hmm. D- does the Pope shit? Like, I don't know. what. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've had a white Russian. Oh, you like it. The big... Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, they're great. I, you know, I... Um, you don't need to... I, I kind of bastardize it sometimes. I do my own thing where I'm like, what do you do to it? Well, so it's not, it's no longer a white Russian. I'm not going to pretend it's a white Russian anymore, but I'll do Kahlua and uh, like silk, like soy milk. And those, and then you don't like, I don't feel like you really need (laughs) vodka unless you really just, you want to get drunk more quick. Cause the vodka doesn't add anything to the taste other than just like the boozy taste. Uh, It soaks up the other taste. And then sometimes if I'm feeling a little extra fancy, I'll do like a splash of Bailey's, or like a Luxardo maraschino cherry, um, mm. but yeah, the standard white Russian's good too. But see, that uh, sounds good. Yeah, you can do it with whipped cream sometimes. It's okay. There's just something. <laughs> there's something about the milk aspect that. Oh yeah, I just, I just kind of gutturally disagree with. He never seems to refrigerate it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine him using like the warm, tepid <laughs> room temperature milk. Or he's just drinking so much of it that he drinks it before it expires <laughs> but he does sniff it a couple times meaning that it, that has become an yeah, issue true. at some point he just leaves it out in the open he doesn't put it back in a fridge <laughs> it's milk <laughs> you're saying you just don't like the milk aspect of the drink it's, there's something it doesn't it doesn't sit right with me combining milk with alcohol i do I just picture yeah, like it's a classic drink. I know, yeah, I've had it a few times, but I just sound about that milk, man. Maybe, maybe with the uh, the substitute you used, it's it's less uh, would bother me less, but I don't know. Well, yeah, I haven't had it. You can order one at a bar. You're, uh, it could be milk, or it could be like heavy cream, also. Uh, yeah, cream is also an acceptable. I think cream might cream might be the official ingredient. But, oh, okay. Yeah, mm. cream, vodka, Kahlua, and then yeah, whatever variation you want to make. But he does drink a beer at one point too. He doesn't only drink a white Russian. He drank a beer while he was driving. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, remember yeah that. the lanes. Yeah. 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 That was a good scene. Uh-huh. I love when he crashed. Like, have, have you guys ever been to like a bowling alley like the ones in this movie? Cause yes. The one, all the ones I've yeah. been to, they're they're way more like kind of neon and gross, and uh, like way more geared to kids. With the yeah, yeah, they oh, exist. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Ones that have bars. There's something in quite romanticized about it. Yeah, there's something like really like '90s time capsule with the whole <laughs> aesthetic of uh, the alley and 
that's what they're talking about, basically. And I feel like there's plenty of places in America where that thing still exists today. I don't even think that that's as much of a 90s caps- time capsule as you think it is. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, just depends where, where you are, I guess. What would you give it? I could, can probably guess your rating. Yeah. I mean, it's easy for me. Like, as it's always going to be a five star for me. Um, yeah, I've always loved this one. Uh, I just find more things each time I rewatch it. You know, I just, I'm pretty flawed by how you would write something like this where, yeah, this character doesn't even get his rug back by the end. Like, it's all just a wrong place, wrong time type story that I don't know, it just gets better the more times I see it. I'm still not sick of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ralph, did yeah, you give your I loved it. Um, no, uh, yeah, I gotta give it a five out of five. I mean, this movie's <laughs> a masterpiece. It's so good. It's really funny, and yeah, everything everything we've been saying. I mean, I really just, I really just love this movie. I, yeah, I could watch it. I could watch it again. All right, we did it. Uh, woo! <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it again for sure. It's awesome. I love it. Maybe I'll give it a ten next time. You never know. We've, yeah, we've done so many Coens now. So many Have we? movies. I want, yeah, right? And we've, as in we've discussed if we're, a lot of Coens? Yeah. Yeah, Man With No Name, right? Is that what's man called? With No Name. And then... I guess it wasn't a recommendation, but Buster Scruggs. Um, okay. Yeah. Now this one. I was going to uh, say, it doesn't seem like we've done that many ones. officially. Yeah, many other great ones they've made. Yeah. Uh, like Lyon Davis, Inside Lyon Davis, and... Yeah, far. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait for fucking No Country to actually come out in 4K. What the fuck? The 4K Blu-ray for the Big Lebowski looked good though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, did. All right. uh, (laughs) Did here we go? I guess we could we could do questions, but I think we we have um, I think we have a little bit of time. If Alex, uh, you want to talk with me briefly about the Lord of the Rings show, and Ralph, I guess you've seen a few episodes. Uh, we yeah. asked Ralph at the beginning uh, if he minded us talking about it, if if we were going to spoil anything. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, it's all right. I'm like, I'm good, guys. You, uh, yeah, you're yeah. not too attached to it. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not digging what's happening so far. What is there to really spoil anyway? I suppose there's a couple. There's a couple. A couple of reveals towards the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like things slip out. Whatever. Rings yeah. of pa- sorry. The full title is. The Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. <laughs> Oof, yeah, subtitle. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah. how how many episodes did it take you guys to kind of figure out, oh, right. <laughs> it's kind of one of these. It's, it's this level. Oh, um, like, mm-hmm. as in just it's bad? Mm-hmm. I mean, I could... It was from the beginning. <laughs> I felt like it was pretty consistent throughout. There was... My I watched this with my uh, roommate, my good friend Gael, uh, and he's a huge Lord of the Rings nerd, and so I just got to watch yeah. him die inside throughout the experience. But he had this inkling of hope near the beginning in the first like couple episodes. He's like, yeah, well, I mean, it's just setting things up, and then, you know, eventually things will happen. I'm like, yeah. I don't think things are going to... Ha- I think this is going to do this for the whole show. I think this is just going to be the whole show. <laughs> and then I pretty much turned mm-hmm. it... Yeah, it turned out yeah. to be right. It was just- I had a little a little tiny bit of misplaced hope as well. Um, I thought, I, I can forgive something for being slow if it, like, goes somewhere, but then, no. like, it, <laughs> it really doesn't go anywhere. It's so, it's so weird because those... I was not expecting it to lean into the wanting to exist in the Peter Jackson kind of cinematic 
universe as much as it, it clearly does and wants to it wants to have that kind of epic grandeur with the um you know the sweeping shots of the armies and the and especially the heart like they, they've like written it in this weird kind of mimicry sort of way where characters kind of have the intonation and the they're speaking about things that should be emotional kind of like the way they come across in those original movies but that they just ring hollow like that it's just like, oh, so it's like you're yeah you're doing basically the same kind of arcs from those movies but i guess because you don't have the rights to the cimmerillion there's like not much room for you to really do anything but you have to make a prequel show so what's it going to be about <laughs> And, and they chose the, the the lamest, most predictable, boring path to take, which is yeah, just oh, you know all the things you you like hobbits, right? You like Gandalf, you like Mordor. Let let's just let's just do that again. Everyone has like a parallel character to someone in the original uh, Lord of the Rings. So like the girl. Yeah, uh, Hobbit, and then her friend. That's obviously Frodo and Sam. You know, her friend sidekicks mm -hmm. like it's slightly chevier too. Uh, <laughs> and then you got like the other dwarf guy who's like obviously supposed to be Gimli. Then you got the guy who's obviously supposed to be Aragorn. And it's just like when you start noticing these things throughout the show, and you're just like, oh, come, come, yeah, you have you have full freedom to tell whatever story you want to tell. You can tell it in the Lord of the Rings universe, but you can tell whatever story you want to tell. You can you have so much freedom here, and you're re resorting to just rehashing the same characters and then just doing nothing with them and feeling like the audience is supposed to admire and empathize with these characters just solely from the fact that they are somewhat similar or that they're supposed to be yeah. similar to characters in the Jackson film. It's so embarrassing. It's like, it's like, how do you spend a billion fucking dollars on this shit? It's so embarrassing. <laughs> These showrunners were like completely inexperienced and hadn't really worked on anything before. And Amazon was like, yeah. let's just give them all this money. No, I was shocked by and that. And you will just, hopefully it'll just turn out right. Yeah, because I was looking at their NDB saying, what the, yeah, the showrunners, Patrick McKay and John D. Payne. Um, one of them is credited for like, Star Trek Beyond, well, they both are, but that's it. That's all they'd done before. It that just seems just crazy to me. You're throwing around this kind of these kind of sums of money. It just shows how little they care about the like writing aspect. Even though, like for especially for big shows like this, that is the heart of it. If you lose the writing, then you know you saw what happened with like Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's everything with these big fantasy epics. It's like the heart. Yeah. And it's just such a strange decision for them to do that. Yeah, sure. Like for for some projects, like it's fun to have like a new voice, a new kind of. Maybe they thought they were gonna like mimic the whole Peter Jackson situation or something. But even I don't know. He, he had a history. He had a bit of a history before he was picked for Lord of the Rings. So like, true. No matter like which angle they <laughs> look at it from, like th that is just so confusing to me. And they're like saying that all this, oh, by by the big twist, you guys, you, you're gonna change your mind um and everyone like in the <laughs> in the community or whatever like it was just it boiled down to this theory of like oh who is who's sauron yeah like where is he uh and it's like revealed on like the sixth or seventh episode yeah um, and it's just like really like you've, you've already like blown that that whole thing you could have had such like an intrigue build up or yeah it just doesn't really care about the characters. It's really weird. It's like so plot led. 
the characters just like they just don't yeah. do anything. They're so like irrelevant and unmemorable. The plot meanders for so long, just doing nothing, and you expect these payoffs. And I guess spoiler discussion for if you haven't figured that out, anybody listening, spoiler discussion. So like, there's characters that will show up in an episode only to die in the same episode. And then the main characters mm-hmm. that you actually get don't die ever. And just, it's only, it's only like new disposable main characters that ever die. They just show up. They're like, oh, I'm <laughs> being developed slightly now. And then they're like, oh, and they, they don't even just get a death. They get like a slow motion, like, oh, and then someone's like hugging them as they die. It's like, okay, dude, like, am I supposed to feel something here? Like you're, you're copying and pasting the the apex the climax the culmination of events from other source material like the first films you're copying and pasting Mm -hmm. that without realizing that that only ever worked because of everything before that you're you're taking you're taking what should be the the end result of something and forgetting to get all of the steps that are required to get there in order for it to be effective. It is so completely unearned, everything that they do in the show. And it's so clear that they're trying to get that same emotional uh, result, but they just don't know how to do it because they're fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really thought they were going to try and go for their own thing, their own style, try and detach them. Like, why would you want to compare yourselves or try and be that same level as those Peter Jackson movies? Like, you're, you're screwed from the get-go. Like, you're, yeah. unless he's doing it or he's involved somehow, you're just fucking yourself. Like, why did they choose that? It's like the dumbest angle they possibly could have taken and they went with it. Um yeah, I guess through the whole thing, it is really slow and really boring. But there were a couple of things um, I did wind up liking, at least a little bit, that I saw some potential in. Um, I didn't mind the whole, like, the, the dwarf stuff with the... Uh, Mithril? I can't remember his... Yeah, well, even then, like, I don't really like where that goes. But no. some of the, like, scenes with the rituals and the... The conversations they had that was like the only conflict where i was kind of getting a, a little bit more but even then it's like an unearned like friendship that <laughs> you don't really see any of beforehand and i don't know it's like grasping at straws at a certain point and like it's so boring and you're like so desperate for there to be some kind of like central antagonist or force like personified um so i liked when that that, that kind of villain character came in um but again, he's kind of sidelined pretty quick. Yeah, Every, everything like potentially interesting <laughs> it brings up. It's just it just gets rid of. Nothing's properly of developed. Something else. There's no there's no yeah, satisfaction like, <laughs> to to things building up over time because it <laughs> the structure just doesn't care. Yeah, it like yeah simultaneously rushes through everything, but also is just plodding and boring and seems like it like isn't moving yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's so frustrating like galadriel's um, supposed to be the main character i guess she doesn't do like barely she yeah. barely does anything for the first like half of the show <laughs> <I guess. laughs> like yeah I mean, really? and she's just wildly like unlikable yeah um, not that like she has to necessarily be likable if that's like the intention but it's it just becomes frustrating and meandering after a while it's like it's just frustrating to watch. Those those three uh, demon thing. I don't even remember what they are. They're like weird. Oh. You know those <laughs> people that look like kind of like art students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. Those who you three. Mean. 
Yeah, and then they yeah. show up, and they're like all of a <laughs> like sudden like suits. this big villain thing uh-huh. that wasn't established. They were not there before, and then within one or two episodes, like w- within like basically an episode, <laughs> they're taken care of, and it's supposed and it's treating it as this big triumphant like we finally got rid of them, as if it's like they- you weren't established. They they weren't a threat yeah, until just you? recently, yeah, really. really. So like, why are you pretending? through this music and through the oh my god the music felt like it didn't match with what was being shown visually for so many of the scenes there would be like mm-hmm. like this big like blah, 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 like grandiose sort of thing it's like dude just like where's the where's the wide shot like you're implying something so much different than than the music is is communicating and the person that did the music like apparently they've done some good stuff here and there before not as great with like film i guess but um they honestly it's weird because in the opening title sequences they got howard shore and then for the rest of the show they just got someone else and the opening title sequences it's like oh wow it feels like lord of the rings music and then the rest of the show it's like oh god what is this (laughs) it's so Uh it, it it's not that it's different it's the fact that it's trying to be the same and failing Mm-hmm. If they were going uh-huh. for something different and just decided to do something different, then great. But that's like that's the whole show. It's like you're trying to get the same beats and trying to do the same things while the it's just unearned and embarrassing. It's so cringe. I hate it. Yeah, one of the ways they wanted to separate this from like Peter Jackson's is, I guess, the music. Like that's a huge way. Like, okay, we're gonna distance ourselves from the Peter Jackson one by not having like the same kind of music beats. And that's just something I noticed. It's just like none of that, but the music's one of the best parts of the Peter Jackson films. I didn't even know Howard Short did the opening. Yeah. The opening was fun. Yeah. I think they just hired someone that was cheaper. I think that's <laughs> probably what was happening. It's mm. probably more expensive yeah. to get Howard Short to do the whole show. Maybe he wasn't available as long. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It would have helped the show if yeah. it was Howard Shore, honestly. Like the opening title uh-huh. music is better than the rest of the music in the show. So. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it just would have ultimately been a waste if that's the story they wanted to go with. Because now, now at the end of season one, it's like, well, you've kind of used a lot of the kind of potential drama up now. You've like wasted and just run through all this like material you could have done something mm-hmm. cool with. Like what? <laughs> Like, are you really gonna go down the whole like Gandalf origin story? Like, that's path? so funny. Gael like, <laughs> was so mad. It really was like, <laughs> yeah, it's just making me think of like, uh, uh, like all those movies where they just take a character and they just they just show too much. They just take the the wrong angle with it, you know. Like, it's just you, is is that really what we're we're boiling this down to? It's like, oh, the 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 cloud the crowd cheer Gandalf moment. Like, that's really not what I was looking for from from a show like this. Um, I'm like, Matt, like, what, where is there to take it? Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, yeah. we've seen, like, the best part of the story. <laughs> the, uh, I don't know where you can take it. At the end of episode seven, where they... <laughs> They get the 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 title to show up of like what was it like I, I don't remember the exact the first title but then it like fades out and it comes back and it says Mordor and then the, like yeah. not only do they do that and not only is it like this weird cringe moment where like I guess they're <laughs> expecting to be people to go like dude Mordor or some shit like I don't know what they're expecting <laughs> but like 
they end the episode that way. That was like the end of the, like, that was like the apex. That was like their climax of like, Mordor! Yeah. Dude, it says Mordor! Just Whoa. a fan service moment for the, for the yeah, Whoa, for everyone like, watching. Nobody oh, was happy yeah. with it. That was just so cringe. It was so embarrassing. Also, like, all of the titles, all of the font that they're using has this weird sort of like, like faded border shit that just looks it's it looks outdated somehow like i don't understand what they're doing with it mm-hmm. it looks like unclean and just weird like i don't know how to describe it it's it's the it's an awful font every time a title shows up <laughs> <laughs> yeah it honestly seems like they've they fucked it like they paid all this money for this license and this this big five four season plan for this mega show that's gonna it's jeff bezos's game of thrones that's what i've always heard it's like his motivation for this shit and so well this is what's happened like how how do you follow this up like they, they haven't like really mentioned anything about people loving this or tuning in to watch it like like you know they'd love to do yeah like it's just a, is it a success? I don't really know. Are they going to still do a season two despite the lukewarm reception? I, did anybody sign up for Prime to watch this show? Like, it's, <laughs> no, it's probably you, not. It's on your Amazon yeah. thing. Like you already have. Yeah. People are, yeah. with Prime Video or people all, have just, it for shopping already. People already have Prime. Exactly. No one's signing up yeah. to watch this. What were they thinking? Why did they want to do this? They spent a lot on advertising, too. Like They, they really yeah. pushed this shit everywhere. Every single like, webpage. It's like yeah. on the boxes of the packaging. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't come together well. So, yeah, no. where, where, where do they get that confidence from? <laughs> like, they think this is going <laughs> to be know. like just <laughs> the, the new thing. Like, and airing it at the same time, like Game of Thrones like basically comes back and people kind of like it more. Terrible, terrible timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's How many fantasy shows can you watch like at once? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you're just inviting comparison then too. It's like one is like character led, mm-hmm. more what you want, mm-hmm. darker, and then you look at Rings of Power and it's like, well, you're really not doing anything here, <laughs> anything of import. In fact, you're just kind of annoying <laughs> a load of like fans using this IP and the expectations that come with it. Yeah. Yeah, because they were teasing like the 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 Balrog as well. Like that was like oh a, yeah, the end of one of the episodes. Like <laughs> mm, yeah. it's just all the shit you know, all the imagery you know from the movies. Like dude. that has to be explained. Balrog, you need to know where Mithril comes from. Wow, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Balrog. wow, dude, Balrog. <laughs> I, I I just want to mention, Ralph. Yeah. If you continue watching this, I want you to there. There's there's a really I probably will you will okay. The way you tell yeah. if someone's a main character is if they look dirty or not, basically. <laughs> like there'll be if you see someone, uh, it's see. like, oh, okay. they're just clearly standing out from the crowd and they look yeah. like clean and makeuped yeah. and everybody else looks like uh, dirty as shit. Yeah. Everybody else looks like a villager, like fucking like uh-huh. everyone just the characters that just happen to look like royalty, even though though their character doesn't say like that they are. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Only dirty characters here are good guys. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. It it feels like visually the way that they cast it and the makeup and like all the characters, it feels like a Saturday Night Live parody of the Lord of the Rings. It doesn't feel like <laughs> it the does. Lord of the Rings. It really does. Yeah, it, does. it doesn't feel like a billion dollars. No, not at all. Not even the slightest. Yes, the dragon looks more expensive, even though it's cheaper. Yeah. 
It's huh. just like how you yeah, the use production's it. so much better in that show over this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things in here just look fake. And yeah, they try to like really get you with like those landscapes and yeah. But even then it's like, yeah. What what good is it if you have all this money to throw around like special effects? Like, yeah. It's just not in service of anything. Yeah. <laughs> just like nostalgia for Lord of the Rings. Completely uninspired. The amount mm. of people that think they can just throw money at art and get something good out of it. Yeah. It's so funny. You have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But there's such an influx at the moment of just pure content because of all this like streaming wars. So yeah. we're just getting shit like this. But like, <laughs> there's not that many writers, you know, it's one of the hardest parts. Like, that's why there's not that many good ones available. Like, the, all the talent's just been sucked up. Yeah. Well, like, who would actually want to work on this, like, and and exist in those shoes, you know, of, of the, the the looming Peter Jackson films, like, always there in the background, like, for every decision, like, what? Who would want to step into that unless they want to take it a crazy different direction? Just everything yeah. about it's just so dim. Mm -hmm. All right, I gave it a three out of ten. I I found this yeah. to be worse than the Halo show. I don't know how you really? feel about that. <laughs> That's like the best comparison, yeah. Halo. The Halo, Halo show was like really bad, but also like, I don't know. It hasn't really existed in that space in the same way that like the Lord of the Rings has, you know. It's like a different set of expectations. So the Halo show being shit and bad and funny is less upsetting <laughs> to me than this Lord of the Rings show that's supposed to be this huge, big budget, like professional yeah. movie quality, like, production the halo show is kind of trying like... to be shit you know the halo <laughs> yeah, show is kind like, of it, trying sure. to be shit whereas this this was trying to be like something good <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> yeah yeah and the way it treats itself with like unearned gravitas like just gets more and more frustrating as it goes along it, like, oh. it really thinks it is like yeah peter jackson tier like yeah this much heart this much like charisma and these character dynamics and the fun whimsy of it all, but it's like, it just doesn't work. It's so like stilted and awkward and yeah, like a wolf in sheep's clothing. We we yeah. found ourselves saying the words, the word unearned, like, I don't know, eight times an episode where it just became, we realized yeah. we were saying the word so often that it's just like, you couldn't, there could be no better word to describe the show is just unearned the entire, everything about it yeah. unearned. Oh, definitely. That, that is the word yeah. for it. And there's just like nothing memorable about it, like the dialogue. Like it, I can hardly re remember anything. Like I'm surprised just... you remember the characters' names even, because I didn't know anybody. I, was, I mean, I watched show. it with a Lord of the Rings nerd who <laughs> was explaining yeah. everything the entire time. It was pretty good. <laughs> I had my nerd watch along. Yeah, it's just another one where it's like, who's who's this for? If it's not for like Lord of the Rings fans, it's not for the Peter Jackson movie fans. Exactly. I guess it's just the for dub. nobody. <laughs> yeah. All right. Question time. Yeah, I don't know about a rating. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Let's do some questions. Um, if you want to leave your own questions for Sansa in the future, head over to the suggestion thread on the subreddit, just like Butter Four Six Seven did, who says, "Recently, it was announced that Avatar: The Way of the Water will be three hours and ten minutes long." Similarly, the new Damien Chazelle film, Babylon, will be three hours and eight minutes long. It seems as of recently we're seeing films of longer runtimes appear more often. My question is, does the length of a film determine how you guys rate a film, or does it not matter to you? 
I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's just like a recency bias thing. Like, there's been long films forever. Depends on yeah, what movies you watch, films. I guess. Like, do do you only mm. watch movies that that are just like big things in theaters? Like, and even if that is the case, like, are there more three hour plus films in theaters now than there were ten years ago? I don't know. Well, I feel like yeah, there used to be this incentive. Um, maybe like Tanish kind of years ago for your big like uh, Hollywood action movies or whatever to to be basically as short as possible so you can play it more times in a day. Yeah. But then just over the years, like the run times like, start getting more and more bloated with these big like uh, special effects set piece like Transformers type movies where now we're getting like what the, the Snyder Cut or whatever, which is... So like six hours long or something? I can't even remember. Feels like it. <laughs> no, I think it's three hours. Really? Maybe four. Well, it's like three and a half, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't really care about the runtime as long as you justify it. That's that's my whole thing. Like if you if you feel like your movie needs to be three uh, yeah. hours long it's to accomplish what you want to do, go for yeah, it. Yeah, sorry, it's it's four hours, yeah. Crazy. The Snyder cut. Yeah. It's weird because like, yeah, like the it was like a big post on Reddit, like Damien Chazelle's new movie is three hours and 10 minutes long. I'm like, I understand how that's news. Like you can just do, do people not before I see <laughs> yeah. a movie, I just look it up on IMDb. Like would people not have that information before seeing it unless they saw it on Reddit? Like, dude, I guess most people just don't <laughs> look things up about anything beforehand. It's three hours long. If I had to guess, probably. <laughs> maybe like if it yeah. was like five hours long then that would be interesting three hour long movie is not People like are a, that uninformed yeah that's yeah. not like that crazy at all yeah if you yeah damien chazelle and james cameron i really like those directors i would watch a three-hour movie from them yeah for sure what was let's see what the runtime what was la la land runtime it was like two hours over two hours right? yeah two hours eight minutes okay so yeah longest film yeah that's like somewhat notable, I guess. But then, yeah, James Cameron, like, that's not news. Of course, it's going to be three hours. <laughs> yeah, it's no. kind of what I expected from, you know, an Avatar sequel, right? I thought like one of those like Avengers movies was three hours plus. Yeah. It was I an think Endgame, Endgame. Like, or at least was close yeah. to it. Like, yeah, it's been going on a while. Yeah, this is crazy. 127 hours. Now that's a runtime. Damn. Mm-hmm. All right. What was the question? <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was just more about, like, uh, the length of a film determining how you rate it, or does it not matter? If the pacing can be great or shit, no matter how long the movie is, I've watched things that were five minutes long that felt like an hour. I've watched things that were, like, five hours long that felt like mm-hmm. an hour, you know, so. Okay. Let's do this one uh, from Messy Burrito 3. Alex has several hour-long videos covering the Destiny games and their expansions. What are some non-film-related topics that Adam and Ralph could make in-depth videos about? Is that like a game you would ever consider or think you could do like a big like YMS or Ralph the Movie Maker type video on? I'm like, I'm really, I think that the Halo 2 campaign is kind of shit compared to the first one. And people are like, why do you think that? It's like, I have a lot of things to say about it. So, but I don't know if I'd ever go through the effort of doing mm. that. 
<laughs> when I'm so busy already. It just seems like, yeah, what, to create another channel? <laughs> like, what do I do? You've done, like, uh, videos on TV shows. Yeah. You know? And that's, like, not in the name. You could do one on a game, surely, isn't it? Yeah. Games are, like, so yeah. cinematic now sure. anyway. Like, yeah. You know, I've reviewed you know. some things that are less cinematic than video games are now. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like the Bigfoot shows or whatever. <laughs> like, shit like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Video games is a step up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, if I had to, to do one recently, that Last of Us was pretty disappointing. Maybe I could do one on the second one. <laughs> mm. Just because it's so, like... Yeah, we talked about it before. Yeah, but it's like so disappointing, like how they how they tackled that because it's just like there's just so many poor decisions in that game. I was just like, why, why? Like I I was basically just slogging through it. Like I was playing it, but I was not engaged like at all yeah. in like the story. Aside yeah. from like I clicking things on my control, like I guess this is something I could do like fill an hour. But yeah, I was just. I was so not interested in what was happening. It's like the worst writing. And like dumb Twitter people are like, oh, it's, it was woke or whatever. Like, it's not even really that. Like, it's it's like so bland. Like, it's so boring. It does nothing new. Like, the way the first one did. It was narratively unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. And not even yeah, in Yeah, but the first one was so way. satisfying. And like the character stuff. And yeah, like Ellie's like relationship and the DLC and all that. It's like, wow, this is like really engaging shit like it's really well written and you know really beautiful at times and yeah yeah they threw it away for what well, didn't seem like for it. shock value <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah for a bad idea yeah it just pissed everybody off like for no reason <laughs> gonna subvert your expectations yeah I, I don't know what they think about that such corny writing yeah I don't know what it is with Naughty Dog recently whether it's that or the movies you know like the Uncharted movie like that was so poorly written surely they could have had some influence. I mean, I don't know how much I'm going to blame Naughty Dog for the Uncharted movie. Yeah. Surely they could have gotten to, to like get a, at least a draft of the script. Like, yeah, you don't know why you'd want to get a better writer. Yeah, yeah, get them to write it or something. Like, that would have um, at least been an appeal. Yeah, because at least for this HBO show, I'm pretty sure Neil Druckmann's like writing on it. So yeah, exactly. Showrunner. They could have done that with Uncharted. If I were Naughty Dog, I would also fart out the Uncharted movie. <laughs> like, who gives a shit? It shouldn't even be as soon as as soon as Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg are cast. You don't want to put any effort into it. Like, you know, it's a, it's a yeah. waste from that nah, point on. Like, <laughs> maybe it was the same people. Yeah. Uh, oh but man. You know what? People like that movie. It's going to get sequels. It made lots of oh, money. Maybe yeah. <laughs> Tom Holland. <laughs> Hopefully the sequel is better. It's Mark Wahlberg, man. It's- yeah, Spider-Man. I've always thought it would be interesting, or I don't know, these are just kind of like things that may not ever happen of just, I think, maybe could happen in the future, but I would have to like change around what I'm doing. But like, there's a lot of like philosophy that I'm really interested in. But the problem is like, as much as I like talking about it, a lot of people on the internet are... are most people are yearning for some like hard answers on things, but I just, I like to ask questions mm. and sort of, I, I guess just think about things or like explore my thoughts without any real, like I talk about how the human brain works, but I'm not, I, I don't have like a background in like neuroscience or anything. Right. Like I don't, I'm, yeah. I'm not like educated in a, in a science 
aspect, but the way that people think, you know, like the philosophical aspect of thinking about thinking, the metacognition, you know, being introspective about it and like, why do we think this or why do we think this or how does it blah, 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 blah. Like, I love thinking about that, but then it's like the the challenge of ever putting that into a video form is like probably more complicated than any other video and i've made some complicated fucking videos <laughs> like so I, I don't know if that'll ever happen but like i've i've been i've been almost yeah. tempted to like i don't know make a little vlog on like certain subjects or something but then it's like fuck do i just do i open like ms paint and start do i do the crazy like cork and chalkboard shit like whiteboard and look like a maniac <laughs> as i'm talking like what do i do um yeah i've been tempted to do that um at one time, I was thinking, there's some things that I'm like, there's like conspiracy theories, much like the Kimba uh, conspiracy that existed. Mm. And I, I went through hell and back, basically just debunking it and going through like every nook and cranny being like, okay, no, this is easily explained by this. This is like, you blah, 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 blah. This is a misconception, blah, 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 blah. And there's things that I see in real life that have much more uh serious real life political consequences than Kimba. <laughs> um where it's like I, I I can see the exact same things with like the election conspiracy shit. Where I'm just like, okay, you don't like all the the mm. shit that people are sharing about this, like it's so easily debunkable. And all you would need is like a comprehensive video detailing like every single argument. But the another problem is is like not only not only would it take so much effort to do that, and I, I feel confident that I could do that because, you know, the Kimba thing, like, I, if I put my effort into something, I can obviously do that over time. But there's still people on my Kimba video that are obviously so attached to the, the emotionally attached the to whether or not uh, the Lion King stole from Kimba that they have made that <laughs> a part of their identity. If I were to do that with something as contentious as like American politics, I don't think that I'd be changing that many minds. Kimba is something where like a lot yeah. of people just didn't care about and they were, they just heard about it and they were like, Oh, okay. I heard about this thing. I didn't really look into it. And so it's easy to change people's minds that way. But people are so heavily emotionally attached to their political identity and they'll be mm -hmm. willing to just say like, I'm not going to believe this because that would give the other side a win or something and that would like it, it it is worth it in the long run to not you know be honest about this and blah blah blah, blah. it's just like so it's something i'm probably never going to do and i don't even like yeah it's never gonna happen because like what channel would i even publish that on i don't want i don't like making political content you know i don't like making no, videos that thing. are like you know everybody just gets so fucking annoying about it it gets ugly that's oh yeah the thing with the political people are content. Assholes. like it gets like vicious yeah it gets really like personal i said i said like one of elon musk's twitter decisions were cringe i upset mm -hmm. <laughs> i upset people <laughs> some people most people seem to be fine with it but there are some people that are like holy shit <laughs> like they, <laughs> someone uh, i'm not even gonna say what they did because that would just give them attention yeah but yeah holy shit yeah like legitimate threats, <laughs> like. <laughs> but people get like aggressive enough on on like movie opinions, you know, that don't matter. Let yeah. alone like <laughs> like political stuff that like yeah. is uh, oppressing like cultural yeah. issues or whatever it may be. It's funny that Elon Musk turned into a political symbol now, 
And now it's like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to pay eight dollars for Twitter verification to own the libs. Like, that's a thing now. <laughs> like, like, I'm going to give the, uh, I'm going to give really a billionaire eight dollars a month. I'm going to give the richest man yeah. in the world eight dollars a month for something that's basically useless just to own the list. Yeah. And there are only like 300,000 like verified accounts or something. Like in yeah. Like, I'm not going to start paying for it. <laughs> if, you, if they want to take <laughs> yeah. away my badge, it's cool. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. are fucking crazy. Mm hmm. Yeah, it, it's just never seemed like fully worth it to like delve into that political space. You know? Yeah, like, it's awful because I feel it just seems like you only lose. Exactly, exactly. Like you have to. I I have such, I have so many opinions about things, and I I have strong opinions about things, but it's just like I, it sucks because it, that's just who I am, and that's just like a part of my character and. It sucks to have mm -hmm. to like rein that in when I I don't feel yeah. like doing it, but I know like it's probably for the best that I do, and it sucks to have yeah, to definitely. like self censor too that way. Too many bad faith like actors out there, yeah. like, people that they're just they're just ready yeah, and like morons. waiting to take you down. Yeah, and then who knows how many of them are real and how many of them are fucking bots at this point? <laughs> yeah, really, most of them. Because like now the internet's just like entirely <laughs> weaponized. Mm -hmm. Like people, people have seen how uh, like public perception can be manipulated, you know, especially in an environment like American politics where things are just so <laughs> tribalistic. Like mm -hmm. people are people are constantly looking for excuses, no matter how shitty they are. If something happens, like the fucking like Paul Pelosi's attack, they're like, oh, actually, it was his gay love. Like Elon Musk tweeted that shit out. And then deleted it mm. yeah. <laughs> later. But like people are people are looking so hard for like the first excuse that they can find, and it's never a good one. But they're like, "Oh, this is it. This is our excuse, so that we don't take the L right mm. now." And it's like, "Fuck!" And then people share it, and then some people believe it, and some people are fucking insane. Oh my god, I've gone uh, into yeah. reality again. I'm no, sorry. it's like it's like never been worse than that. Like the COVID shit is just like broken <laughs> everyone. Like. <laughs> it's like broken up brain. <laughs> the internet destroyed grandma's brain. Boomers shouldn't be allowed online. <laughs> yeah, all those QA nonas and stuff. Yeah. And they were the ones that would always say not to trust anything online. <laughs> They're fucked. <laughs> Everyone's brain is just fucking rotten. Like, and that's, that's again, like bringing it back to like the Kimba video shit. Like, that's a small scale version of just everything that's happening in much worse ways and in ways that people are much more emotionally invested in the outcomes. Like, that Kimba shit doesn't matter, and that took fucking forever to debunk, and it was like, uh, it was a huge accomplishment, you know, like, change, changing mm -hmm. public perception of a thing. But, like, that's nothing compared to all the shit that's happening right now of just, like, massive misinformation and uh, people just repeating shit that isn't, like that either isn't true or like has part truths to it and like intentionally misrepresenting what it is. And just it's so annoying. Mm -hmm. We need another question. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I can't. <laughs> okay. This one will <laughs> cheer you up from a responsible turn. Nine two five. Recently, Barry Jenkins was announced as director for the Mufasa prequel. BJ. And that got a lot of people worried <laughs> on the basis of its central concept, a Mufasa origin story. However, given Jenkins' stunning track record with the likes of Moonlight, If Beale Street Could Talk, and the 
Underground Railroad, I do have some optimism that his style could turn that terrible idea into an impossibly good film, similar to how the Lego movie or The Last Jedi came out, both of which I love. What are your thoughts on this whole ordeal of auteur directors helming IP or into films? It's kind of what I was saying. I, I, I love I love that I <laughs> I love that you were gonna give me a question to calm me down and we went to the Lion King. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the Lion King prequel. Oh, are you God. not doesn't do you not stay up at night uh fantasizing about what could be done in this no, <laughs> prequel movie. It's, it's gonna be shit. It doesn't matter. Like Disney has <laughs> proven that it doesn't matter what director is working for them. Like maybe Taika Waititi will get some liberties to their style and have some creative choices here and there. Uh, but like in general, it's just, it's, it's, the, it, it's so personalityless. It's just this factory produced same thing all the time. Like we were talking in the Pinocchio movie, uh, the Pinocchio remake, how mm. all of the same issues that exist in all the other live action remakes are found in that. And it just seems like the same people are making them, even though I guess that one was Robert Zemeckis. And I guess fucking uh, the director of Snatch did Aladdin. What's his name? Guy Pierce? Guy, Guy, uh, Guy, Richie. Yeah. Richie. Guy Fieri. Guy Pierce is an actor. <laughs> yeah, Guy Pierce. Guy Fieri, director of Aladdin. And yeah. so it's like, yeah, Barry Jenkins <laughs> wanted a paycheck. He's there. What's he going to fucking do? It doesn't matter what he writes, it's going to have to be a Disney movie. Like it, 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 if he's writing anything, it's going to be written within like extremely strict confounds or whatever. Uh, his directing style, they're going to have either the option of continuing the visual style of John Favreau's The Lion King, which looks like shit, and no characters can show any emotion, and he's going to either have to continue that for consistency or. Make something where maybe you can see what characters are feeling by their facial expressions, which is going to essentially just say, yeah, it was a stupid idea. And Disney would be like, haha, right. Isn't that stupid? So, like, I don't know what they're going to do. They're either going to. It doesn't matter. We'll see what the trailer looks like. But it's like, it's not going to feel like a Barry Jenkins film. It doesn't matter that yeah. he's a yeah. they want to use that same John Favreau technology, right? Like, they're not going to want to yeah. get rid of that. Especially with how much money that film made. I mean, you can still use that. You can still film the movie in VR if you want to, and still have like facial expressions. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not impossible. It's like one of the biggest issues. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious, but like the track record with this movie is, yeah, indeed, is appalling, atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just that news about the Hercules one. It's the next one where he's going to be an influencer or something. TikTok. In, <laughs> I only saw the headline. Did you look into it? Because I didn't. Should we look into that shit? It was, yeah, it was like one of the Russo brothers, they're like producing this live action Hercules thing. Um, I guess he was, because Hercules, like in that Disney one from the 90s, they, they kind of modernize it and he becomes like famous, like a famous like yeah. sports star. Zero to hero. So that, and that's I guess that, Yeah, exactly. I guess they're going to modernize it more um, and have him be a... <laughs> I, I'm really curious how they're going to do it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Disney's live-action Hercules will be more experimental and inspired by TikTok, says producer Joe Russo. <laughs> yeah, Joe Russo. Um, it's a headline. Yeah, It's definitely a headline. We'll see what that means. But like, they all have the exact same look, though, so I just don't really... 
I don't really know. Well, what, if they say experimental, maybe it'll uh, maybe it'll look different. Remember the headline for uh, Jurassic World Dominion, where where he said he was going to be like <laughs> the, the Joker, Joker, the Joker dinosaur, and then we watched the movie. It's like. <laughs> I mean, no one would have interpreted that from the film. Maybe it'll just be one of these. No, where it's like, yeah, this headline no means nothing. <laughs> and it's just them talking about the film and getting some buzz for it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel, I feel like the, the, the goodwill to these Disney remakes might be finally starting to, to wane. If Pinocchio is anything to do by. Yeah. Oh, that was bad. Yeah. I think I lowered my rating for that. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Pure yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, boy. oh. that's right. Yeah, Pinocchio. Excited for the new one. Yeah, Guillermo. The Guillermo one does look good. It should be soon. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a good Pinocchio movie this year. Yeah, <laughs> please. A lot of new stop motion movies on like Netflix. Henry Selleck has a new one he made with Jordan Peele. I haven't seen it. That mm-hmm. looks interesting. Yeah, we were talking about Netflix before. I guess we could transition into a new story. That like uh, Henry Cavill left The Witcher. He's moving on to do Superman at this point, or something like that. He, he's he's been cast again as Superman, um, but they brought they 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 were well. We, Witcher, you know, he's the main character in The Witcher. It's not like getting rid of a side character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Carol, yeah. And like people say, he's like one of the best parts of the show, and he's the main character. And they just they're gonna replace him with that was the one yeah. thing, right? Like <laughs> even if you didn't like the show, everyone like was happy that he was playing yeah and then now they're gonna replace him with um chris hemsworth's brother i think liam hemsworth or luke hemsworth was <laughs> something like that it's like okay um i guess i can look up which hemsworth it is maybe they just want to keep it around so they have like the competition to rings of power and uh, house of the dragon yeah that's <laughs> kind of what they wanted it to be spectacle yeah. that's like yeah. their right the streaming war content. Liam Hemsworth. Shit. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's going to last much longer after that, if that's what they do. Yeah. Okay. Got another one? Uh, or are we done? <laughs> I, I'm comfortable being done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know if you said one more. Well, we did do one more. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Then we're done. Okay. We did it. We did it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it's my turn for a recommendation. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Sure. Okay. Uh, what have you got? Well, I'm going to leave you hanging for like 30 seconds while I... Okay. I guess, <laughs> I'm just going to ask. I have one that I'm thinking about that I... Yeah. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Oh, I'm getting scared now. <laughs> You're getting scared. <laughs> What's it gonna be? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do the Revenant because I have a 4K Blu-ray oh. and it's been fucking forever. And uh, yeah, when I was watching, I've watched other films since the Revenant that have done the whole, you know, same time period or same sort of. Uh, mm. setting, I guess, like uh, frontier, yeah. Prey, I was <laughs> kind of disappointed by, it, and I was reminded of the Revenant. I was like, "Fuck, I should watch the Revenant again." And I know I have a court 4K Blu-ray, and it's a safe one. And uh, uh, my boyfriend hasn't seen it, and he's visiting for a bit, so that's why I went away. <laughs> I was just asking if he's seen it. 
Uh, so Charisse bought my uh, fear of bears. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I went down that rabbit hole of like people being chased by bears on YouTube. Oh, shit. Sure. Like <laughs> oh, my God. Something about, <laughs> some, something about bears that really like freaks oh, me yeah. out. <laughs> That's so, crazy. Yeah, good, good choice for that. Okay. All right. So, yeah, if you don't want to be spoiled for The Revenant, directed by Alejandro uh, Gonzalez Iñárritu. Uh, 2015, Leo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy, and watch it before the next episode comes out. These episode comes these the episodes come out every two weeks. You can listen to them early though if you go to sardonicast.com, sign up for premium. It's only two dollars a month. Uh, you, did you see that that soy jack meme of Elon's <laughs> trying to sell yeah, Twitter premium for eight dollars a month? And that's the meme of like, Ugh. oh, well, you like coffee, and that only lasts thirty minutes. But uh-huh. the Twitter verified yeah, like lasts you. like Stephen King and well, shit. Yeah. $2 a month. It's crazy. Lasts you, I don't know, these average podcast episodes average, like hour and a half, two hours. You get on average two of them a month and you get them early. Anyway, you support the show. Uh, Patreon.com slash Sardonicast will also do the same thing. And <laughs> uh, we got merch. Christmas is coming. You can get some Sardonicast merch. Uh, your grandmother will finally respect you if you get her some Sardonicast merchandise. Uh, also, there's a Sardonicast highlights channel on YouTube. You can subscribe to that as well. Uh, thank you so much. Happy Puss in Boots. Thanks for listening, everybody. Do the buds. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.